This is episode 178 of IDRA Class Notes. As time goes on, if you're having less kids that automatically are going to understand college college requirements because they're going to be in the top 10% or the top quarter in the school, whereas before it was up to 80% of kids that were getting this information, does that mean that for those other kids, they're going to take endorsements more seriously? And if they take endorsements more seriously, what is it that they're taking more seriously if there's no real value to them? Welcome to the ADRA Class Notes podcast. Thank you for listening today. I am Christy Goodman at ADRA, and I'm here with Hector Bajorquez, also with ADRA. We're going to be talking about uh, some research we've been conducting on graduation plans and state policy in the state of Texas and implications for that for students across the state and how that applies elsewhere as well. So the name of this project is Ready Texas, our research project, and it's funded by the Greater Texas Foundation. Good morning, Hector. Good morning. Why don't you start by talking a little bit about that relationship with Greater Texas Foundation and and how this research project came about? Well, around 2013, the 83rd legislature started talking about making changes to graduation plans in Texas. Prior to the 83rd legislature, we had something that was generally called the 4x4 graduation plan. And the 4x4 graduation plan was divided into three plans. One was the recommended graduation, one was the distinguished achievement program, and one was the minimum level. What was remarkable about this particular graduation plans was that distinguished and the recommended both basically were designed to prepare students to go to college. They had four English, four math that included advanced math such as Algebra 2, four social studies, and four science. This is the kind of coursework and coursework requirements that schools in Texas, uh, such as uh, UT Austin, require as the minimum Mm -hmm. to get into college and also to be part of the 10% plan, to be accepted into the 10% Mm -hmm. plan. I remember there was a really big environment at the time and recognition that students needed that higher quality um, education for career in college and a real energy around making sure kids had that. Yes, and for a few years, up to 80% of students across Texas were graduating under that plan, which Mm -hmm. was remarkable. Mm -hmm. Then the 83rd legislature started talking about making changes. There had been some people expressing doubts whether all students needed that kind of preparation. There had been some people also expressing doubts that maybe the opinion, actually, that students were maybe dropping out if things were getting uh, too difficult. And as I've yet to see what research that was backed up by, so I didn't see anything of that nature, but it was just almost opinions that were coming up during the legislature. The atmosphere was such that some people felt it was time for a change. There was also, it's also corresponded with the time of funding and lack of yes. resources for schools to even meet those demands. And so that was, I think, yes, part of the picture. Part, yes, exactly. Part of the context was mm-hmm. that they had just, we had just come off of some uh, fairly dire, huge cuts, huge cuts mm-hmm. in education. So um, it was kind of a perfect storm for mm-hmm. a change. And the change did occur. Now, people like the Greater Texas Foundation were uh, also slightly concerned, actually very concerned about what this meant. And they had already funded some research to see how well that 4x4 plan had been preparing kids for college. Mm -hmm. And one of that was the E3 group. 
and they had one bit of research that stated very plainly that the 4x4 was having a positive effect for underrepresented kids. One of their findings was that 50% of kids who took Algebra 2 were going to college mm -hmm. and were doing well in their first year, which was fairly high. Mm -hmm. uh, 50% is significant. And we know nationally Algebra 2 is a gatekeeper course for college. Exactly. So it was consistent with exactly. that. Exactly, it was consistent mm -hmm. with that. Of those kids that were taking pre-calculus, those kids had a 75% chance of not just getting into college, mm -hmm. but succeeding past their first year. And this cut across all subgroups, all subcategories of underrepresented kids, ethnicity, race, mm -hmm. and gender. So that was a; those were very significant findings. So here we are. The here we are. <laughs> the change was made, and the Greater Texas Foundation funded us to look at what were basically what were the effects of House Bill 5. It was very early in the implementation of House Bill 5. Right now, House Bill 5, the graduation requirements, the class of 2018 is the first class to graduate mm -hmm. fully under House Bill 5. Between 2013, uh, 14, and the present, there have been kids did have the opportunity to go into using those graduation requirements from House Bill 5 or the 4x4. Mm -hmm. And a little background as to what it ended up being, and just briefly, the, mm -hmm. the House Bill 5 uh, graduation plans. So the graduation requirements and the coursework was lowered. That was one thing that was of concern, but the other thing that was also of concern, a new feature called endorsements. And endorsements are basically areas of focus dealing with either STEM, science, technology, <clears throat> engineering, math, fine arts, public service, mm -hmm. multidisciplinary, and business, mm -hmm. business and industry. Mm -hmm. Those are the big endorsements. Now, what their purpose is and what they do and what are they for has been kind of the big problem that we've seen in this study. Yeah, basically, 14-year-olds, mm -hmm. before they entered high school, were having to declare what um, track yes. they were going to follow, and schools were supposed to be set up to right. be able to do that. And big schools with money could do it better than mm -hmm. others, so there's access issues right. as well. According to the law, by eighth grade, students were supposed to basically declare their endorsement. The idea is almost like declaring a major with none of that gravitas or really meaning behind it. Particularly from it a is. college perspective. <laughs> exactly, from a college perspective. The endorsements are a new construct that they came up with, and we were really concerned as to how that was going to play out in this first go-around of implementation. Now, because data gathering around that would be difficult, and also to see what impact it would have, because these are basically like plans that if you're in the, in the STEM plan, you have to take a certain amount of sciences. Mm -hmm. If you're in the arts plan, you have to take certain things. It's very difficult to figure out quantitatively of actually Stuff. counting beans. It's very yeah. tough to figure out exactly what the impact was going to be. So our study here was divided into two things. One, the quantitative was, was basically counting course patterns and specifically Algebra 2 during this time of early implementation of House Bill 5. But the second half was doing interviews across Texas with counselors, students, and parents. So it's a qualitative research study mm -hmm. using those three groups. 
um, you know, I just want to mention our regular podcast listeners are going to know we've talked about uh, what several communities in Texas have raised as concerns right away about how their kids, many of their kids were being steered away from college uh, paths within those endorsements and things of that sort and making sure parents in their communities knew about the endorsements and all of that. So we, we will link to some of those other uh, podcasts in the episodes in our show notes so that you'll see some of that background as well and some qualitative surveys that they did as well. Yes, the concern is here, we went from an environment where 80% of students were taking classes that would help them prepare to go to college and actually be the, actually mm-hmm. satisfying college coursework requirement to basic uncertainty from several fronts. One, from the actual requirements that graduation plans have to this extra layer of requirement called endorsements that yeah, really don't I necessarily satisfy yeah. anything beyond something that's happening in high mm-hmm. school. So we'll be releasing the report coming up, but give us some highlights of what you found in the qualitative. The findings we have were very interesting. Some counter slightly counterintuitive, but that ended up making sense when we looked at the entire thing. One of the things that was interesting out of the students that we interviewed was that actually they, uh, they had a fairly good understanding of course requirements for college. That was very good. It was a very interesting finding that we had. They, there were only a couple of students who were not as well informed mm-hmm. about certain things, mm-hmm. but on the whole, they knew what was going on. Mm-hmm. They knew what was needed. They knew Algebra 2 was needed, mm-hmm. for example. Mm-hmm. They knew that not just that they needed three social studies, but that they needed four. So they did understand those things on some levels. Like I said, it was only a couple that did not yeah. have the, the knowledge at all, mm-hmm. and others did. Now, how they expressed it, that was a different story. Some mm-hmm. expressed it as, this is what I need to go to college, and others say, I haven't had the discussion with a counselor or anything, but this mm-hmm. is what, what I know needs to happen. Mm-hmm. And it makes sense with the way we just took a step back and looked at it. These are students who are at the brink of adulthood and they yeah. are at that nexus. So if they're not getting the information from somebody, they're finding, trying to get the information from somebody. And these are usually high school students? These were, all, were mostly high school okay. students. I think there was only, there was a very small percentage that were eighth grade students. Okay. One of the other findings that uh, was very interesting was they didn't seem very engaged with endorsements. Interesting. There was confusion around the endorsements themselves. Mm-hmm. Some were just not terribly interested in the endorsements at all. Mm-hmm. Again, there was only like two or three out of all the students that we interviewed who placed any value to them. Interesting. Most of them were like, well, it's, they're there, mm-hmm. it's, or it's something I have to do. Mm-hmm. It wasn't a situation where they were all really interested and thought that it was a really big part of their requirements for college. As a matter of fact, none of them really said that. Mm -hmm. And when we would press them about, well, could you tell us more about endorsements? Well, one kid just out and out said, I don't know what you're talking about. But then again, three minutes later, in this particular group, and that Mm -hmm. students just went and gave us a breakdown of everything that they were doing for college to get into college. So while they didn't know about endorsements, Mm they did understand what they needed okay. to do in order to get to college, okay. which is a very, very interesting finding. Yeah. So they minimize the role of endorsements okay. completely. Keep that in mind. Mm-hmm. Then when we go to parents, without exception, all parents had college aspirations for their children. Nobody said anything about not wanting their kids to go to college. Mm-hmm. They all wanted their kids to go to college. Mm-hmm. And they were all very frustrated about House Bill 5 and endorsements. Yeah. For some that were there, this was the first time they'd heard of it. Others that did know about endorsements weren't sure exactly what to make of them. 
It's interesting. That's it, consistent with some of the surveys that we um, yes, it's very consistent that happened in the valley. Yeah, right. It was very consistent. They weren't aware of you know what this meant, mm-hmm. what these things meant. One parent said, "We just need to know what this means for our kids as yeah. they go to college." Yeah. And again, what was interesting here though is when pressed further, they did understand, however, about say SAT, ACT. They understood the concept that there was classes that they students needed to take mm-hmm. to go to college, mm-hmm. and they would say the very traditional terms, we know they need good grades, for example. Yeah. That was interesting. There was yeah. this disconnect between the information that HB5 is supposed to give them and that they may not have had that, but they did know what it, their students needed mm-hmm. or had a sense of the notion that their students needed something in order to go to college yeah. and expressed frustration that there not being much clarity around that. Which was part of the law, was the communication to families right. and students about... Yeah what this meant for them right. and what their options exactly, were. Exactly, mm-hmm. exactly. So now we go to the counselors. Mm-hmm. And the counselors, of course, are coming from a different perspective. Mm-hmm. The different perspective here is that they're service providers in a sense, and they're providing information and counseling to students and to parents to some extent. And they expressed doubts about having enough capacity to pass all this information to parents mm-hmm. for such a complex system like yeah. HB5. They felt quite overwhelmed by the tasks they normally have Mm -hmm. and then the tasks required in order to give them the information Mm -hmm. needed in order to make decisions under House Bill 5. Mm -hmm. And then there was two other major findings that were, uh, I'll go ahead and say they were slightly disturbing. Okay. (laughs) (laughs) One, One is they were beginning to see where some students were collecting endorsements almost like badges the way scout groups collect badges or things mm-hmm. like that, mm-hmm. uh, with bragging rights, is look at all the endorsements yeah. I have. Yeah. That was an interesting find that we hadn't, we had no idea that that would happen, obviously. Then the second thing that came out that was of great concern was that given that they felt some students were doing that, they were concerned that those students that were doing that were minimizing the coursework over the endorsements. So they were worried that some students were going to be much more concerned about, oh, I'm going to get this endorsement, I'm going to get that endorsement, Uh and somehow forget that, no, there's a set of courses that you have to take in order to be prepared to go for college. But here's one of the things that uh, conclusions that we came to. One, the groups that we interviewed are still what we would consider a mixed group of kids who somewhere knew Mm -hmm. and had House Bill 5 available to them, mm-hmm. or some of them had to take it, but they were still in an environment where up to 80% of students are under the 4x4 that was available to them. The issue is, is in these kids in the school districts that we we chose them from, we know that there was a lot of kids that still were graduating under 4x4 because just the way students that still had that choice and a lot of school districts still kept that choice open as okay. they were transitioning to right. Hospital 5. Right. I know that some, like... And my daughter's in mm-hmm. high school. At that school, the multidisciplinary, one of the options, well, I think this is statewide, mm-hmm. is a 4 by 4 So yes. if they, they declared a STEM endorsement, declared, it's like mm-hmm. college, and also earned the 4 by 4 because they're also taking the four social classes, social studies, I mean. So it's easy to get two endorsements just yeah. through that path, just you know. Just through that path. And it's a 4 by 4 plus one extra math, one extra right. science. And they've got two endorsements. And here's some three uh, three findings I think are very important to to review. One, most counselors uh, discuss the fact that endorsements have no value in college admissions. In spite of that, that they report that you know endorsements have little value in college admissions yeah. or career success. Mm-hmm. They almost all reported explaining to students that endorsements were like majors in college. Yeah. 
that's problematic. Yeah, it is. That's very problematic yeah. because it, it could give a false impression to students. Yeah, big um, difference. Then all counselors expressed frustration in seeing more and more students concentrating on the number of endorsements yes. versus the coursework. Yes. Yeah. So that's to kind of summarize those three things. Mm-hmm. Now, all of these things have some kind of implications that are very concerning. That one is there are students who you're seeing that understand what is needed for college and are minimizing endorsements mm-hmm. and de-emphasizing the role of endorsements that they take in their, their lives. Parents don't understand them. It's not being explained to them. Right. And then three, counselors uh, see little value because mm-hmm. they don't have any value in college. And even if in careers, they don't necessarily have any value there because they're not. it's not like they're licenses. Right. The, the word right. endorsement tends to imply that you're being endorsed to do something, yes. but they're not licenses right. or right. anything like that. So right. there's that. They're not so badges. They're not badges, exactly. <laughs> Endorsements have no parallel or construct in the real world post high right, school right. that either students, mm-hmm. parents, or counselors can point to. Mm-hmm. Whereas in the past, you could say, these are the classes I'm taking, and these are the classes that we're going to need in college. Mm-hmm. Even if I need to take these classes in order to get into my two-year college because I'm mm-hmm. going to do a particular certificate, mm-hmm. that's not the case in this either. Yeah. There's no real life analog to endorsements. Right, so right. the notion of how well is the law being implemented or is there something fundamentally problematic with the law in and of itself? Yeah. Because yeah. we could uh, recommend that we need to spend more money in having their parents and students have better information about it, but that doesn't mean anything if the information that's going to them really doesn't have any benefit doesn't, to it right, at all. Right. So we have to be careful how we view that. If we are to take yeah. these sort of findings seriously, then what we're really saying, no, there may be something fundamentally problematic about this graduation requirements and about right. all of this right. that go beyond just, well, we just need better implementation. Now, I know in the quantitative you'll be looking at or have been looking at what the impact of the reduced rigor requirements for students is having. So in the qualitative, was there any talk about, for example, Algebra 2 and having less access to that or not understanding really how important that was? Were counselors focused on that? Students seem to universally know that they did need those things. But Mm -hmm. I'm glad you brought that up because, again, this was during this transition time. And in this Mm -hmm. transition time, we may have kids that were, we actually, we know we have kids that were still under a four by four regime that was asking more of them to get into college. That's right. That's right. They got that messaging. They got that early, message yeah. early on, which really presents another implication that we're concerned about here. That as time goes on, if you're having less kids that automatically are going to understand college college requirements Mm -hmm. because they're going to be in the top 10% or the top quarter in the school, whereas before it was up to 80% of kids that were getting this information. So then does that mean that for those other kids, they're going to take endorsements more seriously? And if they take endorsements more seriously, what is it that they're taking more seriously if there's no real value to them? And that's a big concern now. Mm-hmm. So you extend you know, these findings out up to and see what's going to happen in two, three years. Mm-hmm. Two, three years, you have a situation where, yes, suddenly you don't have up right. to 80% of kids that are under a graduation plan that prepares them for college and they don't have that language, they right. don't have that understanding. 
where does that percentage in the middle go? Where are they going to end yeah. up? Are they going to end up with these endorsements? That colleges don't recognize. Right. The colleges don't recognize. And, and the classes, a lot of them are really electives. That's yes. what colleges are going to see them as, fun electives in some cases. Yes. Well, actually, that's, yeah, that's exactly how they're being treated right now by yeah. those students. Yeah. And so what's going to happen in the next few years, there's nothing real about them. There's a perception mm-hmm. or that we can point to and say universally, these endorsements have real value in a career, so right. to speak. Right, right. That's not the case at all. Mm-hmm. And... Given the success that was happening prior to this, why reinvent things when things were working in that way yeah. at a certain point in time? Well, don't fix what ain't broke. Right, don't fix what ain't broke. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> and those were our major, major okay. findings here that we've spe- you know, we right. spent. There were other findings that I think should be looked at, such as while students de-emphasized the role of mm-hmm. endorsements, they did all say, however, they did all say that they found it too stressful in eighth grade to be asked yes. to choose that. Yes. All the ones that were in high school, they didn't talk about it, but they reported at the time when they were asked to choose, they were felt very stressed out by that choice. Yeah. It yeah. was almost like, now that I'm in high school, I, yeah. I'm i not as stressed out by it because I know that I have all these uh, options mm-hmm. that I'm going to be taking mm-hmm. advantage of. But at that point, I was being asked to do that. Right, right. They didn't see that as... Yeah, because um, it, was, it was positioned as what kind of a job do you want to have when you graduate or after you get out of college or whatever yes you just need to decide now Mm -hmm. at age 14 yes and And none of them reported saying that they thought that that was a uh, either pleasant or valid experience and and the law does allow changing endorsements you know mid-year or high school career but the later it gets you know as a senior that's harder because you can't make up those classes so that's another issue yes we need to wrap up a little bit but let's talk about how we're going to release these findings so people can read our report. The report will be made available on our website. Mm-hmm. There will be a policy briefing mm-hmm. about what we feel are some recommendations about both the graduation requirements and the endorsements. Mm-hmm. We'll also have obviously this podcast mm-hmm. uh, and we'll have an infograph. The infograph will talk about some of these qualitative findings, but it will probably also talk about some of the quantitative sure. findings. Sure, of course. As the, the, to just briefly mention what we're, th- we're looking at with the quantitative findings. We're looking at mostly Algebra 2 being kind of the bellwether for a, a college-going gatekeeping course that is being asked for universally just about by every uh, IHE in Texas, that we're going to be looking at what are the early patterns yeah. that we're seeing as yeah. course-taking patterns with the first set of 11th grade mm-hmm. HB5 kids, mm-hmm. HB5 students. That's going to be our big concern there. Are there patterns? Because prior to this, there had been a steady increase from year to year with only some variations, but yeah. steady increases of more and more students taking Algebra 2, which mm-hmm. made sense because right. more and more right. were being asked to fulfill the 4 by 4 Exactly. So from a national perspective, states, you know, other than Texas, are they looking at this? Are there other states going through kinds of um, changes of this sort, or is this really an anomaly? Well, as Texas goes out as a nation, that's the phrase that unfortunately mm-hmm. and unfortunately is kind of a <laughs> truism, and we haven't seen anybody out there that's doing things called yeah. endorsements. Right. Other similar language, I think, is, is being... Is there a, a reduction in the right, demands? Right, reduction in the demands. Graduation requirements. Graduation requirements. Mm-hmm. And these endorsement-type ideas. Okay. okay. Uh, we've seen in, in a couple of other states. So one of the things I, you know, would not caution, but ask mm-hmm. people to be on the lookout is to see, you know, are you hearing similar language out in the rest yeah. of the country? Yeah. Where are it's basically 
almost kind of a 21st century vocad. Yeah, now we know that trend. We're so, seeing that. We're, we're yeah. seeing that. In, yeah. And, but just in different language. Right. And uh, to keep an eye out on what the equity issues involved with that are. Exactly. Thank you very much, mm-hmm. Hector. Thank you. All right. Thank you for listening. And like I said, we'll be uh, linking to resources that we already have. And then as new ones come out, we'll link to them on the show notes for this podcast episode. Thank you so much. Thank you for listening to IDRA Class Notes. For more information on IDRA and other Class Notes topics, go to www.idra.org. You can also send us your thoughts by email to podcast at idra.org.